Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Um, you know, really excited to, to continue this journey. Uh, speaking with many of the leading professionals out there in the world of brain health. Um, today, I'm really excited to have Lisa uh, with me from uh, Leading Edge Physiotherapy uh, in Northern Alberta. Um, Lisa is a physio or an occupational therapist, um, a, a leader in brain health, um, you know, someone who is uh, looking to always uh, look at translating research into action and is already doing that within her practice um, at Leading Edge as uh, both an executive, but also somebody who's also very much involved in working directly with patients. And, um, you know, just really excited to learn more about occupational therapy, learn more about, you know, brain health in general, and learn more about, um, you know, where we see this work going from a real leader in the field up here in Canada. So, uh, Lisa, thanks for joining us. Anything that you'd want to have us add to your to your bio? No, I think that sounded wonderful. I've been working as an occupational therapist for about 10 years now and started focusing more on brain injury about five years ago, um, just after seeing a lot of people who weren't being served well or didn't know where to go, uh, weren't getting the right referrals to have treatment and so I started delving into the research more and more and finding out everything I could so that I could help our patients get better. That's wonderful and you know um, you know Lisa Huskins you know I've known you now just for a couple months and you know I was what, what really struck me was your your keen eye to the research and looking at evidence-based practice and that immediately struck me um, and it's quite exciting because over the years, as we've gotten into this work at ABI, it's really always been about research. It's trying to understand um, what, what kind of questions are being asked out there right now, and then trying to better understand how to translate some of those opportunities into practice and really understand what the outcomes are, right? And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, um, I think you may be the first occupational therapist we've had on. So I'm, I'm excited to to get into this topic with you a little bit more. So yes, really excited to have, you know, occupational therapy strongly represented um, in, in this podcast, because uh, as you and I have talked about, um, occupational therapy has really helped to frame a lot of our perspective around how we treat this population and how we could um, potentially improve um, the level of care and the, ac the accessibility to care. And, and that's something that, you know, throughout our conversations, Lisa, I've been really, really excited about and, uh, and understanding more what's going on currently uh, in the arena of, you know, brain health, concussion, brain injury, and occupational therapy. Um, so for those people that might be listening here today, these are probably going to be people that are professionals looking to sharpen their skills and, and better understand how to reach those that can be challenging to reach. Um, they will likely be individuals that may have had uh, an injury, uh, are looking for uh, more tools uh, to, to help them improve their quality of life. Um, and they might be family members or just 
generally people interested in the topic. Um, I have a feeling I know what, what this main message that might be out there for those that are listening, but um, I'm wondering, you know, what would your main message be as an occupational therapist who's been in this space for a long time for people that might be listening here and wanting to, to learn from a real specialist in the field? I think the main thing is we have to make sure we're not dismissing what our patients are saying to us when they've had a concussion. They don't know what's going on. And from a professional perspective, it's really important to tell them that what they're experiencing is normal. Mm. Half of my patients who come in here say nobody's told them it's normal. They don't know what they're experiencing. And if you could just say, you know what, with the concussion, you have all these different types of symptoms and it's okay to have them and we can work through them um, and just help them come up with a game plan is the biggest thing I think for all of these concussion patients. They just need somebody to sit and listen to what's going on and help them figure out where do I go from here? Is it going to get better? Can I get better? What do I need to do to get better? And that's honestly, I do my assessments with patients, but I spend so much time just explaining what a concussion is and how they can manage it and who they need, need to see. If I'm not the right person, I make sure I connect them with the right person. And I think we just need to ensure that there's great multidisciplinary care out there for these people who do have concussions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that I think that's the first the first time we've heard that on on on, on the podcast, um, you know, really um, ensuring that people feel, you know, validated that, you know, this, this is your lived experience right now. And I'm not going to disagree with that. What we're going to do is we're going to start there. And it really, I think, speaks to defining baseline, right? Um, and, and then together starting there on that plan. Spoken like a true occupational therapist. I love it. <laughs> We're multifaceted. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, um, and, you know, again, that's something that really stands out to me. Um, you know, as you know, some of my background is in education and something that has always inspired me about the rehabilitated, re, you know, rehab med community is the ability to collaborate. Um, and that's something that, you know, in, in meeting with you and, and the leading edge team, you can sense that you can sense that sense that there's the, you know, many, many organizations say that they are interdisciplinary and it's not that they're not, um, it's just that what are the systems in place to enable that shared, uh, you know, charting that, that, that shared programming. And I, and I get a sense that that's something that really sits in the culture of your organization. Can you expand just a little bit on that? Because I think that's, I think you say it and you do it, but I think that's actually probably a pretty hard thing to do. So <laughs> um, could you expand just a little yeah, bit on that's that? Fair. It's, um, I'm fortunate that I work with a great group of people who have years and years of experience. And when we, when I approached everyone and I said, hey, we're seeing concussions um, through vestibular more so than anything else. And they said, I think we can really do good here. And I, I'm fortunate that they all said, yeah, for sure. Like, let's jump in. Let's figure out what latest research looks like. How can we form a program for these people? How do we make sure that they're getting the best care holistically? Um, and so there's a constant communication back and forth. If I'm seeing um, a patient that one of our physios has sent to us, 
I'm talking with them beforehand. I'm getting a sense of what this person is coming to me for so I can prepare a little bit, but then also so I can ensure that I'm prepared to help them best. And it, mm. it's a balance back and forth every single day. And we've reached out to professionals um, such as optometrists who do vision therapy. So we also, if we can't treat something in clinic, we make sure that we have a network of other professionals who we can say, hey, here's this person. This is what we're noticing. We think your treatment would be great in collaboration with what we're doing. And we just make sure the communication's open all the time. Because if they're seeing a psychologist here and an OT here and a physio there, it's so fragmented in terms of what they're doing. And there may be crossover and there may be not, there might not be crossover. But then the problem with some concussion patients or um, those who have a traumatic brain injury is they might not remember everything that's going on. And they're not always the best communicators of the care they are receiving. So if you can ensure that your communication between everybody in your organization is fluid, then it just benefits the patient in the long run. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, listen to that again. That was very, very well said. And that's one of the things that has really inspired, you know, I think our relationship too is, is, um, and we're just learning together. Um, you know, that, that was something that I came to learn was quite challenging, um, in rehab med, um, was being able to really optimize the using the usage of resources and then be able to in real in as re close to real time as possible, uh, measure progress uh, and engagement, and because that can be challenging. And I know through, you know, rehabilitation experiences myself, you know, uh, that was hard, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and remains so. So you know, that's something that you know I think people that are listening uh, rewind that piece because I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said there. Um, when you look at, you know, you're an innovator um, for sure. And you're clearly very passionate about the work that you're doing. I'm just curious, um, you know, what got you into this work as an occupational therapist? What was it? Uh, so I do some medical legal work, uh, assessing mostly patients who've been in car accidents. And a few years back, I just had so many in a row that they had their physical injuries and other things that came along with that. But so many of them were reporting, I have concentration issues mm. or why my memory isn't as good or all of the different cognitive symptoms that can go along with concussion. And in further questioning of almost all of them, nobody had addressed these issues. Mm. And so to me, I thought, well, I know there's some programs out there, but then I started delving into who's treating concussions in the area. And I would say a lot of physios were doing it. And there right. were some other clinics who were doing cognitive rehab. But when I'm looking at what they're doing, I said, you know, I think we can do better. I think we need to do more than just compensate for what they're experiencing because neuroplasticity is a thing. Yeah. We need to figure out how to engage the brain in a safe manner. Um, pushing the patients a little bit to try and help improve their attention to try and help improve their processing um yeah so i just personally saw a gap in service and what people were receiving and i felt like their lives shouldn't be stuck where they were and there's a lot we could do so i just kind of jumped I love it oh my right gosh <laughs> i love it i mean 
again, um, that really speaks to taking action because that can be kind of scary, I think. Uh, I know when when we started this work, you know, um, in in it was all out rooted in service. I don't know if I've told you this, but I got, I was running schools and uh, was a principal. And uh, you and I have talked about it a bit in the past. We both had that shared kind of sport experience, and uh, I had suffered concussion. And and you know, unlike the other kind of um, you know muscular injuries that I had had. Uh, orthopedic type stuff there was always a clear kind of functional plan but when this concussion happened there was nothing functional and and that was problematic for me and I never thought it would necessarily be me having any little role in trying to address it um but I think what it really speaks to and again something that I admire about you but not just you your organization uh leading edge is you did something about it and and you continue to that's the other thing it's it's a continual learning and, and that's what that's something that I'm excited about as I continue to to learn a little bit more about your work and 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 work together on some projects is we need to we need to keep doing better on this because we've got a, a long way to go in improving the standard of care in cog rehab um, because so many OTs that I know OTs almost all of them that I get the opportunity to spend time with inspire me because they're they're on this quest to find better uh, ways to extend their care to their to their clients. I mean, OTs, for those that are listening and may not know, oftentimes will be driving to people's homes to set up programs that work for them to increase their independence. This is a level of commitment that we see from OTs around the world. Not a lot of people know about that because OTs are usually pretty darn humble and doing the work. And um, that's something that, you know, unfortunately, many of the tools that are scalable and available are are dependent on kind of one-to-one type uh, protocols which is optimal um, but are also unfortunately many of them are um, rooted in in strategy which is also really useful because uh, it helps to improve function uh, but something that is is exciting and you already hinted on it is is the the potential for neuroplasticity as a part of that process and, and that's something that together you and I are passionate about talking about and understanding how to, how to really leverage uh, in order to help people, you know, increase that functionality. So, um, you know, I, I, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Um, I, I see that in your work and I admire it uh, and I align with it. And I think many people do. Um, so th- this is a, a, you know, I, I enjoy hearing the answer to this question is, if, you know, let's say you could shape the future of, you know, uh, brain health and, and really occupational therapy, um, what would your vision for the future be if you had that, those powers? I mean, no concussions would be ideal. <laughs> no brain yeah. injuries, not having to deal with them, but realistically, not going to happen. So <laughs> um, I think in the future, just the recognition that early care for people, making sure they're seeing the right people when they need to. And I mean, the field of concussion is still in its infancy. What do we do with it? There's no diagnostic test to say, yep, this has happened. We can have diagnostic tests for strokes and a whole bunch of other things that happen in the brain. But in terms of concussion, there's not a lot there. So I would love to see some sort of diagnostic testing saying, okay, yes, this is here. And then what do we do with it? And 
protocols around everybody knowing from teachers to principals to coaches, um, as many people as possible knowing what a concussion is, how to recognize it, what to do in its early stages, and then hopefully just have better results for patients because it is recognized early. Mm. And then on the other end of that is having that multidisciplinary treatment in place across the world <laughs> so that patients can access what they need to access. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm with you on that. And let's continue. I know that's almost like kind of our North Star um, together is trying to, I think it does start with education and awareness. I think that's really important and, and mitigating risk as much as possible. Um, and then also having the access to the kind of tools that can help those um, that, uh, you know, that, that unfortunately suffered um, these injuries. Uh, you know, kind of related to that, you know, we're both kind of sport focused uh, people, you know, I found on the other side of this, and it's not something that's, you know, popular to talk about <laughs> is, you know, I love sport. You know, I, I sport helped to shape who I am and, and I've learned so many invaluable lessons from it. I mean, it's just been such a gift in my life. Um, how to fail, how to fail well, <laughs> how to get back up. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm brought into um, minor hockey associations, football associations, professional uh, alumni associations, uh, they, they can, they can look at me kind of like, uh Oh, they're going to tell us sports bad. This guy's going to, he's a concussion guy. He's going to tell me sports bad. Um, I'm just curious, you know, the, the way I tend to try to approach those situations is, is uh, different than some. And I'd be curious as to what your thoughts are about, about that very topic. Cause I can sense it's something you're passionate about. Um, and I'd be curious about how you approach those sorts of situations. Ah. Uh. I agree with you. Sports are important. You learn a lot of valuable lessons in sports. I think continuation of protocols, trying to make it as safe as possible is huge. Um, having the discussions with the powers that be in each of the different sporting fields saying, you know what, it's, it's we have to protect the brain somehow. Helmet technology has come a huge long way, um, but can we do more? Can we do more about blows on the backs of people in hockey, um, in soccer? I'm a soccer player. And so it's always hard for me because I understand that heading is a big part of the game. Um, but when I started doing all of this research into concussions and how yeah. many players get concussions and how awful heading a soccer ball is for you, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, well, just take that out of the game. It's yeah, just having the conversation around it and not necessarily taking away sports but how can we make it safer especially for kids who I mean they need their brain for their entire life so what can we do to make them safer um and I don't think there's any right answer I think it's people trying to collaborate and do what they can to try and make it safer love it and also recognizing if a player does have a concussion don't put them back on the field <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, in one of our previous episodes, we, we were talking about a lot and, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it can be a really challenging situation. You know, I know myself, I've served as a safety person on my son's hockey team for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I actually haven't observed very many people um, pulling kids from play uh, that very clearly should be. 
And that is why these protocols are in place. And, 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 and you in your practice, you've seen what can happen when these things aren't uh, treated. And, and, you know, you know, you and I are familiar with Roman's law and, and, and second impact. And, you know, these are all very real things. And there's a cultural shift that I'm, I'm hopeful is in the process of changing, but it's going to take good work by um, you know professionals like yourself um, and and many of the people in the space to help to shift the way in which things are actually done and protocols are followed. Now, next question. So I'm I'm on board with your vision for the future. I love it. Um, when you think about the work you're doing, um, you know, I'm just curious. You know, and I think many of our listeners will be. You know, is there is there one kind of influential paper or influential book that you may have been exposed to that's really helped to shape some of your perspective? Yeah. So um, when I was getting into all of this, I started reading Norman Deutsch and the brain's way of healing uh, and the brain that changes itself. And it's I mean, I come from a science background, so the brain's way of healing really spoke to me. I understood it. It gives you the great history. But then I think in the brain that changes itself, it really shows the capacity that the brain has to do tremendous things and change is possible and it takes some work. Um, but it's just so fascinating reading the stories he's found on what's been done in the past um, and kind of where things are going. So I read that one and then it led me into Barbara Aerosmith Young's book, um, the woman who changed her brain, which was also tremendous to read. So I love those stories of just what can, or what is possible, I guess. Um, yeah. Those ones are probably the ones that got me started. And then from there, I just find any book that I can <laughs> to read about brain health, brain injury, how meditation helps, how aerobic activity yeah. helps, anything that I can get my I'm with on. you on those. I mean, those, those are all wonderful books. And we'll make sure the links are available here um, because they are, I've, I've, I've got them all uh, and they're at close spots on the bookshelf. Um, yep. You know, Barbara is a huge mentor of mine and a friend. And, um, you know, I'm in conversation with her frequently. And as you know, she's a part of our organization. And, uh, you know, it's really uh, being a huge innovator in this work. And again, is, a, is I believe, a gift to the world. Um, when we think about, you know, so there's going to be people, I'm sure, from this that are going to want to maybe reach out to you learn more about leading edge, learn more about you as well as a professional. They may have referrals for you, you know, any, anything is possible on that end. Um, how can people that might be listening that want to support you, learn more about your work, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So they can check out our website, uh, www.leadingedgephysio.com. I am on LinkedIn, uh, or my email address, lisa at leadingedgephysio.com. It's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. I tell all my patients that um, <laughs> I'm always happy to chat and answer questions and see if there's something we can do to help the person out. Love it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for this conversation today. I found a lot of value in it. And again, I want to acknowledge you for your commitment to your patients and always trying to find a better way to reach them. So definitely check out her work and, and reach out to her. Thanks again. And we'll do this again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness.
the statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.